We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today wherever you listen to podcasts. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. This week's episode is sponsored by DoorDash and Bet Online. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for the Blue Wire Network. And joining me tonight is my co host, my partner in crime, former NFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. What's going on, dog? Uh, nothing, man. Just chilling, chilling. You know, um, you know, I went on my rant to start the last podcast and I actually thought of something after the fact remember I went on I, I talked about how you know there are times where teams have a slow start and I mentioned the Kansas City Chiefs how they started off six and four right and obviously ended up winning the Super Bowl but I forgot to talk about the team that the Kansas City Chiefs 
played in the AFC Championship game. And I want to say with Tennessee, Tennessee, I mean, they started, they were doing so bad, they benched their quarterback with no expectations. What were they, like five and seven at the time they benched their quarterback? Then they rattled off some wins, and next thing you know, they're in the AFC Championship game. So that was just something I was kind of on my mind about, like, how the sky is falling right now because the 49ers have two losses. But there are clear examples of, like, it doesn't really matter how you start as long as it's not, like, you know, too bad, like, as long as you're not, like, 0-5. But you can start slow and still, like, end up, you know, more than competitive uh, down the stretch. So. For sure. Yeah. And I mean, and, and hopefully if, if you're looking at the season with a positive lens, then obviously you're going to, you're going to assume the 49ers are going to improve. Like, yeah, they have lost some key players, um, but they're about to get some key players back and, you know, st- start working on kind of that chemistry. It looks like the offense might be as close to 100% as it's been in a while soon. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo for the second straight day practiced in limited fashion. Uh, Chris Biederman, also from the Blue Wire Network, um, writes for the Sacramento Bee. Um, he hosts the Candlestick Chronicles pod. He said he took a video on, posted a video on Twitter of Jimmy Garoppolo kind of during the warm up session of practice. Looked like he was moving around fine. And then Chris followed that up with uh, another tweet kind of saying like, like, look, like he looks, he looks fine. He looks normal, you know, um, and, and Matt Mayoko from uh, NBC sports made it, made a good point too. He basically said like the 49ers are having Jimmy Garoppolo take part in like the walk up set, walk up, walk through sessions, um, which are basically like rehearsals for like the kind of like the game plan. Like, all right, here's what we, you know, here's this play. We want to run this play. We want to run this play make sure everybody knows where they're going to be kind of running through the sequences and stuff like that. And the 49ers are having Jimmy Garoppolo do that. So, and, and what Matt posed was, would the 49ers be having Jimmy Garoppolo take part in those walkthroughs if they weren't playing if he was if they weren't planning on if he wasn't planning on playing which is a good point and and I think the answer is no if if Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't if the 49ers weren't planning on him playing then they wouldn't sacrifice reps or time or planning for Jimmy Garoppolo when they can give it to CJ Beathard or Nick Mullins so you know, that's a positive direction. You know, to me, it, it definitely seems like um, he's trending to play, which is good, which is good. You know, it's you want you want to get him back as long as it's not too soon, as long as it's not rushed, you know. But thankfully, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, aside from a play here and there, he, he's never really been known for his kind of his mobility. I mean, he can move around and extend plays a little bit, but he's more of just a um, um, get the ball out as quickly as I, as I can type of guy. So, his mobility has never been, you know, if it was somebody like Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, you know, maybe he would, they would miss more time knowing how that person's going to play when they're in the game. But Jimmy Garoppolo is a much more stationary quarterback um, than those guys. So seems like he's going to, he's trending to play on the other, on the opposite side of things, kind of a surprise addition to today's injury injury report, even though it's not really an injury is Debo Samuel, who just came back after having, breaking his foot during the offseason. Uh, Sunday's game against the Eagles was, was his return, and he was held out of practice for an illness. Now, no, it's not uh, COVID-19. 
or at least it's not in this moment. Um, otherwise, he would have been put on the reserve COVID-19 list. And you probably would have seen some ripple effects from that. Like if they believed that uh, Debo Samuel had COVID or, you know, if he tested positive, then obviously he's been around the team. So you would see some ripple effects happening. Um, we don't know anything about the illness, what it consists of and, and what's going on. But, you know, missing practice on a Thursday is never a good thing. But at the same time, you know, he's been practicing all week. Uh, members from the, the media on the ground said that he he's, he looked fine yesterday. So mm-hmm. whatever's going on, hopefully it's not serious, you know, especially when Jimmy Garoppolo is, is kind of trending to start. You know, you want him to be able to step out there with Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, and so we can be selfish and see all those amazing things that those guys are going to create together, you know. Um Kind of just going through, making sure there's nothing else that I need to highlight. I, I mean, I you have the I have the practice report to kind of run through, I suppose. Um, uh, you know, a significant change in a positive direction. Jimmy Ward was held out of practice yesterday um, because of wrist soreness. Well, he practiced in full today, so you know, apparently he's good to go, and that's 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 a huge uh, addition because the 49ers secondary is already kind of depleted. Uh, and Ward's just been really good, you know, from last season to this season, he's been really good. So having him is is definitely, you know, anything but a positive. Uh, Garoppolo limited, Dre Greenlaw limited, uh, Raheem Mostert limited, and Akello Witherspoon limited. Now on Raheem, uh, Chris also said that Raheem looked like he was moving really well. Um, he had a knee brace on yesterday that he didn't have today. Um, he might be trending towards playing. I kind of had just assumed that he wasn't going to play. But if he does, I mean, as long as the Debo Samuel doesn't isn't something serious, let's say Raheem Mostert plays, this would be, outside of, you know, obviously some abscesses along the offensive line, this would be the first game where we had Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Jimmy Garoppolo, Raheem Mostert. You know, is that is that... Is that something that excites you? As you were listing it off, I was just like, when you got to like, when you're like George Kittle, I was like, oh yeah. You're like Debo Sam. I'm like, ooh. You're like Ayuk. I'm like, ooh. Then you're like Motion. I'm like, ooh, I like that. It's like it's like that that <laughs> meme with the Vince McMahon from WWF. Yeah. Where that's, <laughs> that's exactly what it was. That's exactly what it was. So I mean, if if all of them play and We'll get into it a little bit later, but I mean, well, I guess we're kind of getting into it now, but you know, all of them together, the 49ers can have a truly elite offense. If kind of everything's clicking and everybody's out there, I, I really do believe that the amount of firepower they have in the backfield with, with what Raheem's uh, been able to do. And speaking of Raheem before we, before I move too far past him. So the NFL posted a tweet of the top 10 fastest ball carriers from the first quarter of the 2020 season. So the first four games. And the very first play was um, the Raheem toss against the Jets that got called back due to a Mike McGlinchey hold. And he was holding. It was was a hold. Uh, So I wasn't like, how are they going to call that? Um, That was the first one. He hit 21.2 miles per hour. And then you don't see Raheem all the way until number two his touchdown catch against the Cardinals uh, over the middle 
He was the second fastest ball carrier um, in the NFL at 22.7 miles per hour. And then, I mean, it, it it's probably going to come at a surprise, Crocker, but do you, do you know who number one is? With the fastest ball carrier? Yeah. Do you know who number one is? Raheem Mostert? It's Raheem Mostert. Yeah, so he was on there three times. They had the 10 fastest ball carriers of 2020, and Raheem was on there three times. And he had the the, the 10th fastest, the second fastest, and the first fastest. Now, I would literally have to go through this. Let me turn the volume down because you don't want to hear it. But I believe, because obviously you don't have to count him being number two. Oh, yeah, okay. So number number three was Michael Davis from the Chargers. Uh, he hit... 21, I just scrolled off of it. He hit somewhere 21.3 miles per hour, 21.7. So Raheem was the fastest. The closest person to Raheem was Raheem on a different play. And then if you take that away, he was faster than everybody else by like over a mile per hour, which in the grand scheme of all these fast plays is a pretty significant measurement. So like the dude is like, he's, I mean, he's unquestionably one of the fastest players in the NFL. And one of the people on this countdown was Tyreek Hill, who was like seventh or eighth, I think. Um, and, and so, I mean, obviously there's all kinds of, there's different kinds of speed. You know what I mean? There's long speed, there's short speed, you know, the type of bursts and stuff like that. Um, but I mean, I guess, I guess Raheem Mostert is one of the fastest players in the NFL. I mean, it, it can be debated that he is the fastest it just doesn't right. look like it it doesn't look like it but yeah i nobody's been faster with the ball in their hands so and there have been guys that have had to really like open up and nobody's opening up like he is so i don't know i mean he's really he done made people quit after like I think even when they have an angle on them, it's like, ah, I ain't getting it. <laughs> this is too much work. Well, what's, what's funny is is they just don't realize how huge the angle has to be. You know what I mean? Like, And that's what we've talked about where, where Raheem just causes and, – and people will just reply, oh, man, that defender took a bad angle. Have you ever tried to chase someone running 23 miles an hour? Right. That It doesn't matter how good of an athlete you are, and it's just – I don't know how many football players out there we have listening, but in, in in beginning phases of football, like, you know, you still do it in high school. At least you should. You do like pursuit drills where the there's no offense, but the coach will throw the ball out to somebody way along the right sideline and they'll take off down the sideline. And every single person on defense has to take an angle to get to that person. Everybody, even the defensive linemen, which is hilarious because their angle is like all the way towards the end zone because they're so slow. But like you, everybody has to take an angle that's going to get them to the ball carrier. Well, well, I mean, like Raheem is almost to a point where, depending on when he breaks through, there may not be an angle that works for a defense if you're running that fast. They're, it's just it's just math, you know. And and they're not depending on where that defender is. There there might not be an angle. And then still you you're trying to get an angle on a running back too. And, and he's just going to watch you try to cruise up. And then, he, you know, the cutback's always there like he did to Earl Thomas last year. Like, it's it's just unfair, man. Raheem is, is something else. It makes you, uh, makes you wonder how, like, the NFL is such a weird place, you know, how how he – it took him so long to catch fire. You know what I mean? I mean, obviously, you know the, the politics of that. 
Right. Right. Which is why he's so good on special teams. Well, the crazy thing is, I mean, even even in my situation, I was no Raheem Mostert. Like, I didn't have that type of ability. I think if I'd have been like a guy like him, I'd have been even more pissed. Like me, I kind of understood it. Like, yeah, well, you're not the most (laughs) athletic guy. I mean, you are athletic enough, but, you know, there's like nothing like special, special. But yeah, for him, I don't know. I don't know how you kind of just sleep on that. I know, man. It's just, it's pretty, it's just, it's crazy how it works, you know? And I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's just to me, it just boggles the mind that somebody with that much just raw athletic horsepower. And obviously there has been plenty of fast people in the NFL that have not gone anywhere. It happens all the time, but it's, you know, it's, it obviously Raheem's a, a special blend of fast because he's still a big dude. He's a stocky dude. He's, he's not, he's not small. He's not like, you know, a Deshaun Jackson that is, is relatively skinny, you know, cause he's fast and that's just the way it works. Raheem's a, a big buff dude. And maybe that's why he doesn't look fast. You know what I mean? He's probably got some pretty big strides. Um, and he, and he's a big dude. So you're like, Oh, well he can't be running fast. And then all of a sudden he's in the end zone and, and nobody had a chance. <laughs> right. He's cool. So yeah, he's moving. He's moving. And I, I texted him one time. I was like, it was like, Hey, I, I think it was against the jets after the jets game. I just texted him. I said, Hey dude, you're pretty fast. And he just ran, he writes back. He's just like, I'm just out there running. <laughs> I'm, just like, I'm just like, dude, dude is so humble, man. Like it's just, if, if you don't know him, he's just, he's such a grounded dude. So it's been cool to watch him, watch him come up. But anyways, before we, we'll talk, let's talk, uh, let's talk dolphins. We'll talk dolphins, but before we're going to talk dolphins, we're going to talk DoorDash. Okay. Cause we got to get that quick word in from our sponsors. You've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering's easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with their new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Cheesecake Factory, Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food's on the way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. $5 off, zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code Blue Wire. Don't forget, that's Blue Wire. Support Strike and Gold. Get $5 off on your first order with DoorDash. So, the Miami Dolphins. What's your... I mean, we were talking about it right before we jumped in the pod. Right before we jumped on here. What is like your like your your first reaction to them as a team and and kind of their you know what they present the 49ers? Uh they they play tough. And you know, as you know, like you know, I told you I was gonna start watching the game like against the Seahawks. 
they they definitely play tough. They play fast. The one thing that has really jumped out to me more more than anything, one, they are vulnerable to giving up the big plays. But at halftime, it looks like almost they're playing, I don't know if they're doing like a bend but don't break type thing, but they'll, they'll give you opportunities on defense um, to hit some windows if you can buy enough time. As you know, Russell Wilson's really good at doing, and 49ers quarterbacks aren't really that great at doing. Uh, the other thing that really jumped out to me was Fitzpatrick, he does like to get rid of the ball quick, but he has given Seattle several opportunities at interceptions, including intercepting one pass. But I think I think I don't know which Seahawks linebacker it was, but I think one of them dropped like three would-be picks or something like that. Yeah. I, 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 I saw Joe tweeting about it. Yeah, I'm still in the first half and I've seen um, not including the interception, three other passes that definitely were in extreme harm's way. So, uh, you know, they 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 can, but again, they're vulnerable to. I mean, it's 24, and I saw this um, play. Watching live, this play I'm watching right now. Uh, it's 10 to nine. There's 20 seconds left in the half. They have the ball at the 36 yard line. Russell Wilson rolls left, throws it deep. Receiver catches a bomb, gets pushed out of bounds at the seven yard line. Like they they are they they are vulnerable in the secondary. Now, one thing that they do have working back for them, you know, they've had a rookie playing cornerback for them recently because Byron Jones had been out. But I did see on Twitter today that Byron Jones is a, was a full participant in practice. So I think that's really good news for them because their defense, although they play well. Like you look at the games, they're all kind of close and stuff like that. They are vulnerable to the big play, and I'm seeing it right now against Seattle. But Seattle also, they're getting big plays against everybody, so I don't know how much stock to put into that. But, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure Kyle Shanahan is looking at this and saying, hey, motherfucking offensive lineman, if you guys just block this shit up a little bit, we'll have some explosive plays. That's probably what Kyle's saying. There is nothing more to somebody who cares, to somebody who really takes pride in their work, there is nothing more insulting than that right there. Right. Like when a when a coach steps up to the fucking podium and says, "Look, if you guys would have done your jobs, this play would have gone for this many yards." And you're just sitting there going, "God damn it." You know what I mean? Like I like it, it's such a a disgracing feeling. And and usually it's followed or or it's coupled with some plays on film on tape where you're like, "Look, if you wouldn't have screwed this up, Look what was in front of you, or look what was past you. You know, like, and 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 I'm guarantee you, I would I would be willing to bet that that you are 100 correct. And he just said that to this nonsense of line, and he probably has said something to the effect of, "Our freaking backup quarterback is taking it in the teeth from everybody out there for how bad he played." And look at, and you guys couldn't do him any favors whatsoever. You know, you like know what conversation is being had. It's that it's that offensive line coach to the O line, right? Like, hey, in a in a, in you know, a close get your shit together, or I'm gonna get fired. Like that's the conversation he's having with them. And that's what's it's gonna true. happen. That's what's gonna it's happen. True. Like, and even dude, I'm not gonna lose my job because you guys aren't blocking. Like get your shit together. I I can guarantee they got ripped. I can guarantee they got ripped. They got ripped. Whoever oh. the offensive line coach is, I don't know who he is, but I I can guarantee he ripped the offensive line a new one after that performance. After what they've yeah. been doing for the first quarter of this damn season. 
<laughs> this damn season. Yeah, that's yeah, angry, no. angry Yeah, John Benton is the name of the offensive line coach. And I cannot confirm this, but my seat up well, he's been in the league for 17 years. But well, I mean, I don't know how I haven't like I feel like I have a good beat on most 49ers position like you know, running backs, Billy Ray, uh right. receiver, Welker, uh defensive line, Kasurik. Um, uh, linebackers, uh, the the D'Amico Ryan's like secondary, uh, the new guy we got from from uh, Miami. But if you said his name, I know it. Like I feel like I I like you know what I'm saying like. But offensive line is like I had no idea who it was. And when you said his name, it didn't ring a bell. Like I've never heard that name before. Right. Yeah, he's been in the NFL for 16 years. Uh, it's his fourth season with the 49ers. I'm kind of reading through his bio, seeing where he was before he got to. The 49ers, but it, um, oh, well, there's more. Yeah, there's a ton more on here. I just didn't read it all the way. Dang, they read a lot for these guys. That's awesome. But uh, he's been around for a while. Now, what I was going to say is, and I can't confirm this, but where my seat up in the press box is, it's right next to, it's it's actually a really great seat. It's in the first row, up against the glass, pretty close to, as close as you can be in the press box to like the 50-yard line. And right next to the press box is the room where, you know, it's obviously it's a solid wall there. But on the other side of that wall is the room where the coaches, uh, 49ers coaches that aren't on the sideline, come up and watch the game. And I have, depending on how the game was going, I have heard many, many outbursts. Um, and 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 you could hear objects impacting other objects uh, from this offense as the game goes on. And I believe I pegged one of the loudest voices to the 49ers offensive line coach, John Benton. So this is just the reason I'm saying this is to support Croc's point. He's not a quiet guy, I I believe. I mean, obviously, I've heard him coach. I know he's not quiet. But I'm talking about, like, inside, indoors, he's not quiet either. You know, he sounds like a guy that would not hesitate whatsoever to to rip rip into somebody. So I can can guarantee you the – situation that Crocker described has taken place and and that's going to be the thing going forward. I think after that game you and Trent uh, Trent Williams was interviewed and he said he said, "Look, I had like four or five bad plays. The team attributed one sack to or a half a sack to me. Um but I think that they know the group as a whole that the magnifying glass is kind of on them after what the Eagles did." So I don't know if that's really a motivating factor in the pros. You know, you kind of like you are who you are type of thing. But you can, I can bet you can bet your ass that there's been some very, very uh, less than positive conversations within that group and to that group in front of the team that hopefully yield some positive results um, moving forward. Because, you know, it doesn't really matter if Jimmy Garoppolo is back there. You know, like we saw against um, – the Jets, Jets, right? Before yeah. he got hurt, um, he was getting hit a lot, a lot, a lot. So, I, I the the offensive line probably feels some sort of responsibility for the fact that Jimmy got hurt to begin with. So, hopefully, they can figure their shit out. Um, because my thoughts, kind of my first thoughts on the Dolphins is is their game. They're just as game and ready to roll as the Eagles are. And obviously, there's there's a very you know, obvious perception of the Eagles that they're a horrible team. And for the most part, they are. 
but they've got plenty of players on that squad. As you saw, that can that can change the game really quickly. And while the Dolphins don't necessarily have players like that, where like there's they like you know like a guy, they don't really have a guy. But at the same time, they like kind of Crocker said, they have a bunch of dudes who are all willing to put in the work. And if you go down the Dolphins, if you go down the Dolphins schedule, and I got to go back to it real quick, um, they have played three solid teams. Well, no, okay, yeah, three solid teams. One not so solid team. They played. They started off the season against the Patriots and they lost eleven to twenty one. Then they played the Buffalo Bills, who is obviously a great football team. They lost twenty eight to thirty one, three points against the Bills. Then they destroyed the Jacksonville Jaguars thirty one to thirteen, and then they only lost to the Seattle Seahawks 23 to thirty one. So they're 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 a solid team. They're not a team where it's like. You know, bring your ass over here, Dolphins, so we can whip that ass. Like, they're maybe under normal circumstances with a 49ers team that's 100% and, you know, doing their thing. I just, I think the Dolphins are going to present a challenge for the 49ers, don't you? No, no, definitely. And they got some sweet players. Like, maybe not like big time household, but like Xavier Howard, he's. He's one of the better cornerbacks in the league. He had an interception in the end zone against uh, DK McCaff last game. Uh, Howard plays extremely well. Byron Jones, I thought he was a top five. He played at like a top three level a couple years ago um, for Dallas. Didn't play as well last year. Then obviously, you know, he kind of banged up to start this year. But um, they, you know, and then on offense, they got Matt Brady. I like Devontae Parker too. Yeah, I was about to say, on offense, they got Devontae Parker. And he is good. Like he is a good receiver. Like he's good. Um, I mean, he he put up over a hundred on Stephon Gilmore last year. So they 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 got some sneaky guys. Like even their running back. Like they have a running back. I can't even think of his name right now. But I know I was watching last game a little bit. Light skinned dude. Like he played well. You 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 don't want to give them. You you don't. I think, wanna, you're, I think you're probably talking about Miles Gaskin. Yeah, Gaskin. Uh, Washington, right? From University of Washington. Yes. And then they also have a guy named Matt Breida. Yeah, they have Matt Breida. He's not doing much. Um, what you don't <laughs> want, what you don't want is you don't want to let what happened last game happen, where it's a game where you should be in control, you should be up multiple scores, but instead, you know, you are, you know, you are uh, playing, you know, into their hands and giving them that false sense of confidence. Uh, you 49ers are the better team. You got to take it to them. And, you know, you got to take it to them. So that's just kind of my, you know, thoughts on that. They got players. So if you let them hang As, as them, Crocker would say, they can't fuck with you. They can't fuck with you. You, you can't let, you know what I'm saying? Like, they got some dudes. If you let them hang around, then, yeah, they're going to they gonna do, you know, but 49ers come out and do what they're supposed to do. The 49ers are the better team. So, yeah, you're talking about their roster and everything. They do have a few sweet players. You can't – you got to let – you got to make them feel like, oh, man. We're just- you got Kyle Van Noy, too. He's yeah. pretty good. You, 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 What you do is you got to jump on them early so that they say to themselves, we're the same as Dolphins. And then they throw in uh, Tua or something. <laughs> well, that's – and that's kind of where they are right now. Like, like I think I think you, you kind of have a good way of, of saying it. Like, they don't have any household names – but they have plenty of players that are going to make you pay. If you, I mean, it's the NFL, so 
there's there's never any any days off uh, to be cliche, but you know Ryan Fitzpatrick, he is just good enough of a quarterback that if you mess around, he's going to put some points on you. Like he's not great, he's not top half in the league, he's bottom third, but he's got just enough talent and just enough of that energy and just enough of that swagger to where if you mess around and you don't close the deal, get the sack, whatever, what have you, and he is a pretty good athlete. We, you, he'll he'll put points on you, and you when you got guys out there like Devonte Parker, who like Croc said is solid. He and put up 110 yards. What's up? The tight end Gasecki, he's good. Yep, yep. Devonte Parker put up 110 yards. He, he caught 10 catches against the Seahawks for 110 yards. Isaiah Ford, somebody who I liked coming out of the draft. I mean, not like a, a you know a top tier guy, but I mean he's getting into the mix of that offense. And then you got like Miles Gaskin, who's catching passes out of the backfield, and he's a decent running back. And like Croc said, you got you got guys on defense, at least in the secondary. Uh, Kyle Van Noy, I think he was on the Patriots last year, right? Wasn't he? A, wasn't he a yeah, Patriots he was, guy from recently? Um, and he's a pretty solid little player, uh, kind of like a, a hybrid linebacker. You know, he's he kind of remind like he's a little bit like Fred Warner in the way he seems like the way the impact he has. He's just kind of a guy that's kind of constantly around the ball. Uh, I think he plays Warzone too. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> I think he's a I think he's a Warzone player. But um, so they, uh, the the thing with the with the Dolphins is they're they're this. It's just like the Eagles. Like I think they're they're a much better team than the Eagles. Uh, not nearly as good of a team as the 49ers. But if the 49ers can't execute, if they can't do their jobs, then it doesn't really matter how good the football team is on the other side. Because it's still a football team in the NFL and you have a bunch of talented guys that if you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile. And I, I don't care if it's the Dolphins, but if you look at their games, you watch their games, you look at how they played good teams, how they played the Seahawks, how they played the Bills. They're a team that, and, and like the 49ers have been had a bad habit of doing, they're a team that loves to hang around. And the 49ers love to keep a team hanging around. Well, that's what the, happened in the 49ers' two losses. I mean, remember, up double digits against Cardinals. They were up 10-0. The 49ers score, going also, up 7-0 on the very first play of the game. Right. The 49ers are also up um, in the fourth quarter on the Eagles. So both games, like the 49ers, like, it, like you know, it was there for them to put it away. They just killed themselves. And that same thing, even the Seahawks. But obviously they got really good play out of, out of Russell Wilson. Uh the Seahawks had no issues moving the ball in this game. They just threw an interception on from like the five yard line, and on fourth and three, they went for it and and like on like the twenty five yard line. So instead of like kicking the field goal and taking points, they went for it on fourth down, didn't get it. So there were a few times where I don't know if they were just like ah, uh, I think we're gonna just kick their ass anyways. I don't know if that was kind of their thought process, but it looked like there was a lot of that kind of going on. Right. Yeah, I mean, uh, Chris Carson, he averaged, in terms of what the 49ers are going to need to do on offense, um, You like Crocker's saying, you could throw all over these guys. They they do have some good corners, but the secondary as a, as a whole kind of has a tendency to, to give up big plays. Now, obviously, you have to have receivers capable of making big plays, but which the 49ers do for the most part. But, I mean, you have Chris Carson, who um, – who averaged five yards a carry and ran in two touchdowns against the Dolphins last week. 
You have DK Metcalf, who's who's obviously a big play threat. We've seen it. Um, just another classic example of the NFL and their scouting departments overthinking something because uh, he's out here. He put up 106 on the Dolphins. He averaged 26 yards a reception. Okay, And then you have uh, uh, Moore. I think his first name's Montre, if I'm not mistaken. Um Another Seahawks receiver who's kind of like their third guy. He, he more is kind of like their their uh, Kendrick Bourne type of deal. I mean, even he had 95 yards, a touchdown, and an average 31 yards a catch. So uh, Tyler Lockett didn't have a huge day. He only had two catches for uh, for 40 yards, but they you can put up numbers on them through the air, and you know maybe that's a good thing. The 49ers, if Debo Samuel is okay, um, the 49ers are going to be stacked. Like I said. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Kendrick Bourne, um, you know, any Jarek McKinnon coming out of the backfield, even Raheem Mostert coming out of the backfield because he can catch too. So the 49ers have the weapons on offense to take advantage of the Dolphins. But it's execution. If the offense, like Crocker said, if the offensive line doesn't come out there and do their job, then it really doesn't matter what the hell they the what weapons the 49ers have. Because Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be running for his life with a bum ankle, and it's not going to be pretty. I don't know. Fitzpatrick just no. threw another interception. I'm watching the game. Like it was like terrible. Like he's he will force stuff in there. I've seen it all game long. He, you know how he's playing. He's playing like wow. What a play by DK Metcalf. Wow. Um, <laughs> wow, that was crazy. He Fitzpatrick, beast, Fitz, Fitzpatrick plays like, uh, like, like no matter what, I know like this is not my team and we're not really going anywhere. So I'm just gonna do all the stuff that I would like. I just feel like doing. Like I would do throws, in a flag football game. Yeah, like whatever throws. I I think in a flag football game you feel more pressure than what it looks like he's playing with. <laughs> like well, he's just playing with house money. Like you know what? Like I know two is a guy. I'm just here like. I'm just going to wing it. And it looks like he's just winging it. He's just throwing it around, running around. He actually ran for almost 50 yards this game. Which is something the 49ers need to worry about. Because right. Fitzpatrick's a good athlete. He's quick. He can move. You know, and he, he's he's just as good of an athlete as a runner as Carson Wentz. Now, Carson Wentz is a bit bigger, but, um, you know, it, it, Fitzpatrick can move too. Now, here's here's one thing that 49ers fans might be concerned about. Richard Sherman obviously is out. He's not expected to even be coming back until next week. K1 Williams is out. He's going on injured reserve. Jason Verrett is one of the corners. Dante Johnson is is not practicing right now. He's got a groin injury. He played. He's the 49ers, like fourth string corner, maybe fifth string. He played against the Eagles. So I, you know, Kelly Witherspoon is limited. I'm assuming he's going to play. So it'll be Jason Verrett, Akella Witherspoon, and uh, I keep forgetting his name. Is it Jamar Taylor? Jamar Taylor, yes, sir. Yeah, and he's gonna be. He should be filling in uh, at the nickel spot. So I mean, the the this, the Dolphins have a respectable wide receiving core. You know, some guys that can get it done, and the 49ers have a very very depleted secondary. So I mean, does that worry you, Croc? Uh, no. Well, <laughs> if, if you're telling me that Witherspoon and Verrett are the starters, then no, I'm not like worried. You know, now you now you start throwing in 
ah, there's no Kawan Williams. Uh, Jimmy Ward, is he going to play? Yeah. I mean, it just kind of leaves more room for like, I don't want to say it leaves more room for error, but when you're missing guys like that, you're missing that many guys that are used to playing the amount of snaps that they play, you start like, you know, you there might be some blown assignments here and there. That's one thing 49ers typically don't really have to worry about too much, right? I mean, we saw one time against the Arizona Cardinals on the uh, on the uh, the Hopkins play to the one yard line, but outside of that, they're not they don't really blow coverages, you know, um, especially with Tart and Ward back there. So yeah, that's one thing right there where once you start having all these different moving pieces, you do start kind of opening up yourself for a guy to just be like, oh, I thought I was supposed to do this. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. I mean, you have the, the Dolphins have Devontae Parker, Isaiah Ford, uh, Miles Gaskin catches passes out of the backfield, which isn't really – that's not a secondary responsibility. Preston Williams is not bad. He's a receiver that's kind of still coming along, but he's shown like some him. good things. Yeah, young, and like you said. He, he, yeah, he, he's a young guy. Um, where, where did Preston Williams come from? I remember when he was came, coming out. I want to say in the same class as like DK McCaffrey and, and uh, Debo Samuel. Yeah, he is. I mean, I can look it up. I, I almost like I can picture the school's logo in my head, but I, I can't like say the school. Um, Colorado you, State. Okay. Colorado yeah, State. Yeah, 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 yeah. I so, I mean, he's he's he kind of and he kind of plays a lot like Devontae Parker plays. He's just younger, not quite as as, as explosive. Um, but he's he's made plays, and he was kind of catching on, uh, I think it was last year, where he was kind of making some impressive plays. So, I mean, the, the, the Dolphins have the weapons. If they can put, put it all together, the Dolphins have the weapons to give the 49ers some fits, and coupled with, you know, what Crocker was saying, with some relative inexperience, um, you know, with a lack of reps, there could be some some coverage issues with the 49ers. So I'm assuming that that Robert Sala probably probably going to simplify, simplify things maybe as much as he can for a group that's not used to being out there. But right. to me, to me, that's the biggest concern for the 49ers is, you know, given Fitzpatrick just enough time to take advantage of a secondary that's obviously hurting. That to that to me is the biggest concern. On the flip side, I feel like the 49ers offense, if they're doing their damn job, they should be able to do the do the damn thing. You know, I, I feel like they should be fine on that side of the ball. But, you know, on defense, the defense has been playing well, no doubt. The 49ers defense is not the 49ers problem. They've been playing pretty good. Um, not that they can't clean some things up, but to me, the that's that's where the, the, I don't know, the biggest question mark lies is maybe within that secondary in those corners. Uh, yeah. I would say. <laughs> no, I was lying. No, I got you. I got you. I, I don't know, man. I, I, don't, I don't think I have any any more input on the 49ers versus Dolphins. Do you? Yeah, that's it, man. Got to okay. gotta go out there and start, you know, uh, reeling off some wins. It's got to look good. So, you know, people start walking around the building a little different. Right now it's just been a little sketchy. So, you know, go play well. You're getting your guys back. You're getting guys back, man. Like, they're getting guys back. Well, now, and, and this is this is their last game, for lack of a better term, to even do anything remotely related to like fucking around, because right. they have this the Dolphins, then they have the Rams, and then they have the Patriots, and then they have the Seahawks, and then they have the Packers, and then they have the Saints. 
and then they have their buy, and then they have the Rams, and then they have the Bills. Like, whatever stupid shit you still have in your back pocket, you better get it out of the way during this game against the Dolphins because it's about to get crazy for the 49ers. And if they don't, if you know, if they don't get their shit together, they could have a really, really bad record really quickly. You know, so they and they have to know this. They have to know that this this Dolphins game is a dress rehearsal for a a, a, a gauntlet like they called it last year. And that was that is way worse than anything they faced last year. So way, yeah, way worse. <laughs> right. I mean, gotta that's start brutal. playing some good football, man. And I got faith that the 49ers can. You know, they just gotta they just gotta do it. But I am really excited to watch the weapons. So I mean we've touched on that a few yeah. times, but I'm excited to watch right. everybody play. Debo, whatever, you know, you got the bubble guts, whatever you got going on, get over it, please. <laughs> Right, yeah, whatever, whatever you got bugging you, whatever illness. Um, but anyways, that's it. That's it for us, guys. I mean, that's that's those are our thoughts, those are our feelings, those are our, our reactions to kind of what the the 49ers and Dolphins should look like. I do believe the 49ers will win, but it's the same type of feeling I had against the Eagles. I do believe they'll win, but if they screw around, it, it can go south in a hurry. It's if they're not like the the Giants, you know, one of the lowest the, the lowly teams at the bottom of the ranks. You know, they have the ability to make you hurt. If the 49ers don't play good football, they'll lose. But uh, I, I think that they'll probably turn it around this time. Um, if they don't, then that's on me. Blame me. Um, so, you know, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what you're thinking about the Dolphins. You can find me at Rob underscore Louder, L-O-W-D-E-R. Uh, Eric underscore Crocker. Hit him up, bug him. Um, it, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening to the podcast. It was an awesome month. Um, you know, of, of Crocker and I really taking this thing to the next level and doing this four times a week thing. Uh, it's gone great. The, the numbers are outstanding and uh, I can't, can't thank you guys enough. So just do us a favor, leave us positive reviews, wherever you're listening to it, uh, download the episode because that's what they pay attention to. I don't care if you delete it right after you download it, but download it because that's, that's what they're looking at. And, uh, I just appreciate you guys for supporting the podcast. Wouldn't be able to do it without you guys. But for another day, oh, we'll see you uh, directly after the Dolphins game on Sunday. But for uh, for another one, this is Striking Gold signing out. Peace. The wait's finally over. Football's back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word, Bet online is your online sportsbook experts. <laughs>